It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Good afternoon, viewers and listeners. Welcome to the Wednesday Bulletin, which, after a Sudbury investigation, has deemed to be a work event and well within COVID regulations, you will be pleased to know. I mean, how can we break the rules when we didn't know what the rules are? And that's surely got to be the mantra for the rebels in Scotland moving forward, eh? I'm Kevin, and as usual, I'm joined by Brian and Colin on this fine, fine Wednesday. Greetings, troops. Brian, how are you getting on? Kev, I'm absolutely tremendous. Um, I'm just, I wish I worked at number 10 so I could have a, a midday bevy and no feel guilty about it. But um, as it is, I'm just hoping to get the head down and, and barrel in. But glad to be here with you, lads, and um, lots to talk about. Colin, 
How, how are you, lad? Uh, you were in Liverpool to watch Liverpool against Brentford on Sunday. How is our friend Christopher Ayer looking in the fast and furious English Premier League? Um, it's safe to say that Christopher Ayer is still the same Christopher Ayer that he was at Celtic. Still throwing himself into tackles, got himself booked. Um, no, it was a great experience being down there at Anfield on Sunday. Uh, big thanks to yourself and to the boys at the Anfield Draft for setting that up. Um Loved every minute of it and then got to experience two exhilarating games of football in the space of 24 hours. Liverpool winning 3-0, Celtic winning 2-0. And I tell you what, by the way, the the style of football that both teams are, are playing is very, very similar. So um, all I'm saying is uh, maybe both leagues aren't done yet. Well, that's the interesting thing, Colin, just when you say that. I was reading the thing the other day about the... Um, Klopp when he first took over at Liverpool and the amount of injuries they had in his first 68 months as he got used to that you know intense high pressing you know 90 minute marathon and, um, and they, had a lot of, they had a lot of injuries at first and for the players bodies get used to it and then since then they've been they've been on a roller coaster and that seems to fit in with the narrative around Costa Coglu whether it be Australia or Japan or here so a lot to look forward to very exciting and it's just interesting about that comparison because I was thinking about that the other day Aye, that, that was mentioned to me by one of our viewers, Sean Barlow, a couple of weeks ago when he mentioned the number of injuries Klopp's Liverpool had in their first season compared to what they have now. We may as well get this out of the way so then we can go on and talk about Celtic. Scott Howe comes in and says, Bruni. <laughs> Alex Burrell comes in and says, Bruni's still doing a job yeah. for us despite not being here. So I'll tell, but- tell you a funny one, Kev. We had, um, we had Alan Thompson in the Greenock CSC on Friday night. Uh, and fantastic guy. If you do get a chance to get him to your own CSE, um, definitely a great night. But he, he kept calling him... He will be here very, very soon. Ah, well, he kept calling him Brownie. Brownie. No matter, See, how, no matter how many times he said Brownie, he, could, he couldn't stop himself. He just Brownie. So it just doesn't sound the same when a Jordy says Brownie. But then the managers have all called him Brownie as well. Maybe it's us that's wrong. Maybe it's ah, well. us, it is wrong all the time and it is brownie. We're never wrong, Kev, you know that. We're never wrong. <laughs> well, well, who knows about that? Plenty of folk have says otherwise, lads. Plenty of people have says otherwise. Right, we're going to have a wee look back at Hibs. I look forward to Alawa and dip our toes into some of the news doing, around, doing the rounds. Uh, and best of all, we answer some of your questions. So get your questions in the wee panel doing the side. I'm pointing to the side. And where's my camera? I'm pointing down the side there. Uh, so get your questions and we'll try to answer as many of them as possible. Sensible ones, please. Eh? Uh, remember, please hit like and subscribe. So, before we look back on Hibs, I think we'll just hit the not the 10 o'clock news rumour mill. Uh, in the last hour or so, we've got breaking, breaking news uh, that we have been linked with a player, an attacking midfielder called Matt O'Reilly, who is currently playing for MK Dons and is available for 1.5 million Scottish pounds. He's uh, described as an all-out attacking midfielder and he's scored seven goals this season. And according to the stats that Alan Morrison just put in our WhatsApp group before we came on air, on, on air there, uh, he's one of the standout players in League One this season. Colin, I'll come to you first. Ange Postacoglu says last week we weren't going to sign anybody else. <laughs> he says that, that was a transfer business done. So is this a rumour or a goer? Now, what did I say to you at the time? 
as soon as that came out, I said, he's just being coy. The fact that we were linked with the boy, um, Riley McGree, last week suggests that we were still in the transfer market. And I still think that Celtic will still be in the transfer market after this deal is done, if it goes through. Um, a big shout out to the Rangers fans who were watching last week who determined that I was talking mince and suggested that Celtic were offered Riley McGree on a free contract and that we were only going to pay him £2,000 a week because those words never came out my mouth. But do you know what? Whatever makes you happy, boys. Uh, I'm sure you were not happy last night. Look, <laughs> Matt O'Reilly, 21 years old, he was let go by Fulham. Um, at the start of the pandemic era when Fulham sort of got rid of a lot of their youth system he made the move um, down to, to League One with MK Dons and from the clips that you've seen of him he, he does look as if he's one of those players that when he's playing at League One he's playing at a level that's like it's beneath him he's, he's far better than that level um, I, th- I think when you look at it he's a long term target for Celtic if you go back as far as 2019, there's articles from uh, the boys at Hail Hail 67. There's a couple others out there that showed that Celtic were looking at this um, this player back then. So were teams in the Bundesliga. Um, so were teams uh, in the, the top flight. And I think the big thing that might put a lot of people off is the fact that you say, well, he's in League One. But look at what we were chasing last summer. Ivan Tony, Peterborough, League Two at the time just got themselves promoted. Everybody was going, well, you know what? He's he's a guy that we're going to go with either him or we're going to go with a Yeti. We went with a Yeti because he was meant to be the, the tried and trusted. He was the one that had the experience of playing in the bigger leagues. Look what Tony done for Brentford. Got them promoted, scored all the goals. He does not look out of place in the Premier League. There is some players out there and you'll find these gems that just need the opportunity to go to a bigger team. Now, you look at someone who, uh, I don't want to kind of talk about him too much, but Rangers' best player this season is Joe Aribo, picked up from League One Charlton at the time. Mm-hmm. That is gems for us to be out there. We, we do have to kind of look at that market. It's not necessarily to say it's always a market we're going to dip into because we've saw that, we've saw we've went out to Japan and we've looked at other markets as well. But if there's a good player out there, that's what we've got to do. We've got to try and pick them up. One and a half million pounds for a midfielder with seven goals and five assists this season. Only 21 years old. You're taking a lot of it off his potential going forward. If Ange is a guy that wants to bring... If that's a player that Ange wants to bring in, I think it's a good move overall. It means looking at it... I, I don't know where you you got the attacking midfield aspect from it from Kevin. I looked at his positioning. He looked more of a box-to-box kind of player to me. Um, but if that's the case, then you're sitting with two quality centre defensive midfielders in McGregor and Gucci. You're looking at two quality centre midfielders in Hatati and potentially this this guy coming in and then two quality attacking midfielders as well in the likes of Turnbull and um, Rogic as well. It's all about adding the strength and depth to this squad because we saw what happens when we get down to the bare bones. It's just not good enough. The question for me though, and I know I've rambled on so I'll, I'll shut up after this, where does this leave guys like Sorrow and James McCarthy? Well, 
I'll, I'll answer one of your questions there. I got him as an attacking midfielder from the report in the Athletic, where I got the news from. So they called him an attacking midfielder, but they called him an all-action attacking midfielder, whatever that means. Uh, Jake Ryan comes in and he says, until the deal is official, assume nothing. You mentioned you mentioned McCarthy and Sorrow on that there. I thought it was interesting the other night, Brian, that uh, Gucci came on instead of McCarthy. And I and obviously sometimes your mind runs away with you. And I was wondering to myself, what does that say for James McCarthy? Stephen Stephen Pearson comes in. I wonder if it's that. No, it doesn't look like that. Stephen no, Pearson like used to play for us. <laughs> uh, if O'Reilly si- signs, is it the end for Tundle? Well, what's your thoughts on adding potentially adding another uh, midfielder, Brian? I think I think we we, we need it. Um, as Colin said there, you're, you're looking at probably your strongest midfield and I know we're making the big assumptions just based on Hatati's performance but that's been one of the best debuts yeah, a Celtic player I've seen I think he looked every bit a top player so if we make the assumption that that's going to stay the case then I think McGregor, Hatati and Logic are your first three in that midfield and then Gucci, Turnbull and then maybe this boy um, is another option because otherwise I think Beaton will be back up for injuries at centre half and centre mid but it does leave the question is called over McCarthy and Sorrow now I don't think it'll be for Turnbull I think Turnbull's too good a player to know having a squad he does offer something different I don't think he'll be first choice any longer um, I think I think he's a, a really good option off the bench or um, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it like the game at the weekend if we rotate you could all, we're, we're almost at the point where you can rotate your entire 11 and still be fairly strong. And that's exactly where we need to get to. So I don't see that being the end for any player someone else coming in. Other than maybe, well, almost definitely in the case of Sorrow, I think it's it's been fairly clear he'd, he's he's no fancied. McCarthy's an interesting one. Because the question was over McCarthy, where was he a Dermot Desmond singing or an Ange Postacogo singing? And he's not featured that much, and he's only really featured if Beaton's not been available or McGregor's not been available. Is he going to feature? I mean, the thing about it is, in that kind of holding player position, we've got McGregor, Gucci, Beaton, and McCarthy. Is he going to be content to be fourth choice in the SPFL? I wouldn't imagine so. Um, so, it'll be interesting to see what happens to him. I don't see him featuring much. Um, unless there's injuries, in which case maybe push McGregor forward, and then you need that extra holding player. It remains to be seen, but I say just long way to go around it. But to answer the question about Turnbull, I don't see him not being part of the squad. I think he's he's too good a player to, to have. I still, as I've always said, Turnbull massive fan, but his work his work off the ball needs to be a lot better, and it's not naturally part of his game. So see, it really depends on him how they how we develop and if we can add that but if you look at the way the energy of McGregor even Rogic and Hatati the other night that's going to be a hard enough field to break into I, I think Michael, sorry Ken when you look at it um, the thing with Turnbull and I don't know if anybody else can hear that crackling in the background there um, the, the thing with Turnbull is last season we were always kind of saying why did he not able to last 90 minutes he was always the guy that came off on the 60th minute. He would come off in the 70th minute. He would never last the full 90. And when he did last the full 90, he looked gubbed. He looked absolutely gubbed when he was coming off the park. What we've got to remember is the guys came back from what could have potentially been a career-ending injury that he wasn't even aware that he had at the time. 
if it wasn't for that Celtic medical, the, the boy could have been out of football by the time he was 21, 22, with how serious that knee injury was. Now, the rehabilitation for something like that is obviously taking a bit longer than what a lot of players would have expected. But you look at it, he was playing 60, 70 minutes then. Now, this this season, he'd been playing 90 minutes week in, week out. And he wasn't getting that chance to recover. There's every chance that he's maybe still sitting there with a bit of rehab still needing to be done to that knee. That might be why we see him out a wee bit longer than what we anticipated at first. And it's just a kind of a case of general burnout. Now, people say, well, you can't really burn the guy out. He's only 21, 22. But it all depends on how fit he actually is. See, when he's at his best, he's one of the best midfielders in Scotland. You've saw what he's been able to do, even playing at probably 50, 60, 70% of his ability this season. He's still got the goals. He's still got the assists. He's not been as key an influence as what he was last season. But then everybody else's game's been raised this season as well. So and then it's indicative of the, the issue. So I agree with you. I think I think technically I don't think there's many players like him. Certainly no in Scotland. I think he's excellent. I really do. But what he's not and what he's never been is that natural sort of so you see the way like look at Bruni, for example. You can argue about Bruni's technique when he was at his pomp, but what he was was boundless energy. He was covering everybody the glass, he was all over the place, he was pressing. Turnbull's just not that type of player. And he's not even at Motherwell, he wasn't that type of player. And that's also, I don't know if that's something you can train into someone. I hope mm-hmm. it is. And I think he's he's added a degree of it. Like, I th- But I think given what Anne seems to expect, that's where my doubts raise about his future. Um, I say, I think, in terms of, I, I'm a big fan of him. Also, I've been, I think he's an excellent footballer. My concern would just be, and I think Al Morrison pre-season, said a similar thing when he was going over the stats of what was probably once. I think Turnbull was one of the players, and if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but I think he was one of the players that he called out as maybe no fitting into the system as well. You actually think he's adapted better than expectations would have suggested, but I just think, is he going to give that? You know, I suppose it depends on who he's in the midfield with, but um, I just I just don't think it's his natural game, and that's where my concern is. But uh, you know, as a player, I think he's played in the wrong position this season, depending on how you look at it. If you see him as being playing in that sort of box-to-box midfield number eight position, then I don't think he he does have that ability. I agree with you in that aspect. But I think if you're comparing him to being a number 10 when he sort of did that when Rodgick was out, by that point he'd already been hammered with sort of 90 minutes three times a week and stuff like that. So you weren't getting the best out of him. But I do think that when he comes back from his his, um, injury and the challenges there between Rodgick and Turnbull, you'll get the best out of both of them because they'll not be able to drop their standard because if they drop it, someone comes in and replaces them right away. And that's something we've not seen in the Celtic side for a long time. I mean, look at the amount of games that Edward strolled through last season, knowing that it doesn't matter what he'd done, he was going to keep his place in the team. Certain players like that, they were undroppable because there wasn't anybody there or we weren't prepared to give these... Um, youngsters a chance now when you look at it having quality players in each position mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for
Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's only going to make the team better overall. I I agree with the, the points that you are making there. I think there's going there's a there's a place for Turnbull on the side. There's also a play, there there is also going to need, need to be rotation because the way that we want to play football is hard hard going. We train hard and we play hard and we stop when we win, as Ange Postecoglou famously says. Um, in pre-season. What I'll do is we'll move on to Monday night because there's a couple of comments coming in about Monday night so we will move on to Monday night because it was a fantastic return to football. The buckled Furby, Big Ange playing mind games with the media, he's got them sussed already. He's also playing mind games with us at Daddy's fan broadcast as well mate. <laughs> they actually give us, I mean, we want, we want rumours to talk about, that's what that's what <laughs> we make our loving of. Um, Michael 89, Few clubs looking at O'Reilly. Denmark are wanting to call him up to the national team. Looks a good player. It's mm-hmm. one that will. It's one that will keep an eye on uh, over the next couple of days. And if we get it over the, the if we get it over the line, then we'll speak about it next week. But it looks interesting because it's came from nowhere. It has came mm-hmm. from nowhere, and like it or bump it, the Athletic is a decent source of, of mm-hmm. stuff that's going to happen. That's not the Daily Record. So. Football returned on Monday night, and it was a great Monday night because really, what else are you going to do on a Monday night apart from watch Celtic beat Hibs 2-0? I really did think it was a game of two halves. Uh, the first half, we were buzzing about like we atoms. We were very, very entertaining. We had energy. Some of the football was absolutely out of this world that we played. The second half, I feel after a badder's miss, we seemed to settle for, we'll just see this game out now. That was a chance to kill off the game. We haven't done it. I thought maybe Sean Maloney made a wee bit of an error bringing on four subs when he did bring on the, the changes. I think that took the rhythm away from Hibs when it looked like they were getting back into the game. But hey, stuff them. I'm not a Hibs fan. That's for <laughs> them to moan, that's for them to moan about on the on the Hibs bulletin. Um, and odds, I just thought we managed the game out very, very well. The stats show that Joe Hart did not make a save the whole evening. And I think that shows how comfortable we were. Was they comfortable watching it during the 90 minutes, especially when the clock seemed to start going backwards <laughs> from about 60 minutes on? Uh, but it was a comfortable one for us. And after last night's games, we're now only four points behind. Brian, what was your thoughts about the game on Monday night? Yeah, I thought the first 45 was, was right up there with the best we've played under Ange. I thought it was a really, really strong performance. I actually thought, I thought Hibs, to their credit, came and tried to play football. I think they they tried to play with the back, they tried to go for it. You know, they wanted Dana Livingston and sit in and make no attempt to win the game. They And they, they had also the chance for Nesbitt, but I think it, there was no doubt we absolutely dominated start to finish. Um, obviously... Uh, Dijen scoring four minutes in was tremendous great debut he looks lightning fast he's electric he's pace he's going to give goalkeepers nightmares when they're, they're taking uh, passing the ball out um, Hatati obviously show stealer I thought he was incredible really um, one of the, the, the best debuts I've seen for a Celtic player 
Um, really growing Starfield, a guy who I gave a wee bit of grief to. I thought that was his best game. Um, I really thought he was he was aggressive and and I think he, he won every ball. He, he you know really looked like the player we wanted him to be. Um, so overall, really positive. Second half, yeah, there was a drop off, which I don't know. I'll give it the benefit of the doubt that we hadn't played for a few weeks, and, and maybe that was the reason. It's a wee bit of a concern because it's it was a pattern early in the season. We didn't quite finish as strongly as we started, but again, maybe that's just something we need to work on over time. And we were a wee bit wasteful again in front of goal. You know, we, we should have scored a lot more. I think Anne said that in his post-match again, it was something highlighted. So they're, they're niggling concerns moving forward, but we, we, we dominated, played really well, played some brilliant... I mean, to what they, it was such a good game to watch. It was really entertaining stuff. Under the lights, having the fans back at Parkhead, and now I know having fans at games isn't for everybody, obviously. Um, but for us, it's it's great, and, and they get the fans back, it's brilliant as well. So all in, really positive, and I think we're heading in a real good direction. Um, but just a, a couple of things to be concerned about and be mindful of moving forward. There was, and I'm going to back up your point on Carol Stalfell. Everybody walked out the stadium raving about Rio Hatati. Edward Driver comes in. I'm nearly 60 and can't remember a debut as good as Hatati. Well done, that boy. He did really play well. And everybody was rightly walking out the stadium talking about how well, for his first time in Scottish football, how he adapted. But for me, the surprising bit of the night, Colin, was Carl Starfelt. He was utterly yeah. immense. He was aggressive. He actually defended on the front foot as if he's actually learned that he couldn't let boil and that get in behind him. And he made sure it was risky at times. If he misses that ball, then we're, then, then we're all at sea. But I love seeing a centre have been aggressive in those situations because when him and Cameron Vickers been aggressive in those situations, if they won the ball back at the halfway line, we're back on the attack. It's mm-hmm. old Van Dyke uh, denier partnership who just used to pen teams in, and that's what I think that's what Postecoglou wants his centre halves to do: take risks. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the things that really was part of Starfield's game he had to improve from the first half of the season was the amount of times he let the ball drop. He would, instead of winning it in the air, he would let it drop and try and play it back to the goalkeeper because that's the style of football that Celtic were trying to play. It was get it on the deck, pass it about. On Monday night, he won all six of his aerial battles and that showed the difference in what he's maybe picked up in the three weeks that he's been at Lennox time with Ange, what they've worked on. And to be honest, he had maybe like, he slipped once and if that was it, then that was a, a five-star performance from him. Do you know what I mean? He, he took a lot of stick. He, he had that ridiculous article that came out from Alan Stubbs earlier on in the week saying that his time was up at Celtic. Coming from a guy who his first six months at Celtic, you'd have probably punted him as well. It's embarrassing at times how some it feels as if some of our ex-players and um, even supposed Celtic fans come out and have a go at guys without even giving them a chance. And I, I'd like to think that Starfield's been able to put that behind them and we'll probably see him playing... Um, a lot more regularly, with a lot more confidence, and that's exactly what you need going forward. Both him and Cameron Carter-Vickers were outstanding on Monday night, Um, and I don't think there was really a bad player. The only one that seemed to sort of take a bit of stick, and I don't know what you guys thought of it, was Greg Taylor. He was either outstanding in some people's eyes, or he was terrible in some people's eyes. But I I think... 
I, I thought, um, do you know what I think? I was, I was thinking Greg Taylor actually during the game, because I quite like him, but I, I still think we need a left-back to take it to a higher level, but he seems to, he's a, he seems to have a better passer of the ball than he is a crosser. But when, he, when he's picking a pass, I mean, he's passed through for the, to Abada for the penalty, it was absolutely exceptional. And he, I think sometimes his problem is he almost plays like a midfielder at times, which I suppose can suit Andy's system, but he tends to he'll, he'll bong overlap and he'll pick a pass. He won't just pick an area. So he's quite unusual in that regard. But I, I thought he had a really good game. I thought he played really well. I think it's just I think sometimes people need a whipping boy. I saw a lot of people having to go out of Bada, but I actually thought you know he he contributed to the penalty and the goal, and I actually thought he had a, a, a decent game. Was it brilliant? But I thought he, he was decent as well. But again, there's, there's always going to be a player that that is targeted. But no, I thought Taylor done well. I'm going to come back to Greg Taylor. Uh, George on YouTube, Starfelt has stepped up a gear knowing that he has seen Julian back in full training and what a shift he can put in. So he has to show more and a green, a green love hat for those who are listening later on. And Mali 60, Mali 67, best I've seen Starfelt and let's get CCV signed. Colin, the point that uh, Brian's making there about Greg Taylor, the shout that I heard behind me was he's leaving space in behind. And I know nothing about football. I know nothing about football tactics. But what I do know is the way that we play, there's going to be space in behind our fullbacks. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter who is playing in the fullback area. But I fully agree with Brian. I thought his passing from a central area was actually quite impressive the other night. I thought he played the inverted fullback role pretty well. Um, and then the, the thing that when you look at it and the sort of um, where potentially he is, the one that's coming under the um, the sort of attack or whatever you'd say, the criticism from the, the Celtic fans is he was always the one that was doubled up on on Monday night. And that came from the fact that James Forrest was very, very slow at coming back and helping him out. Now, I know the way that we want to play football we want to have our attackers as far up the park as possible. But when you're left in a two-in-one situation, it's very difficult to come out of that looking good if you've not got any help there to, to sort of balance it out. The crosses came in from his side. It's probably something very similar to the, the way that teams used to target Anthony Ralston at the start of the season. The thing was that Ralston had someone back there to help him out. A lot of times it was McGregor or Turnbull that would come in there and fill in that gap. Taylor didn't really have anybody on Monday night. Now, I thought his, his cross for the, the penalty was outstanding. I thought some of his, his uh, passing about, his positional play was good. But when he's on the defence, or oh, that sounded so American, when he's on the defence, <laughs> you, you need somebody in there to help him out. I, I, I don't think... It's very difficult. I thought he had a decent performance is it probably the one area of the park where you're thinking if he had maybe six, seven million pounds, you'd go and sign someone else? Quite possibly. Is it somebody that's going to be enough to see us through this season? I think that's the way it's going because you're sitting there with Bolly, you're sitting with Taylor and you're sitting with Scales. And I can't see us. <laughs> Thanks, Monty. Um, I can't see us bringing in a fourth left back unless somebody leaves the club. 
We're not looking at another left back. I think that's been extremely clear. I think the club have made clear that Greg Taylor and Scales are the two first choice options, depending on the game, depending who needs less. And I do reckon that they see Adam Montgomery as a confident back, a third choice backup, which might see Adam Montgomery go on loan. Uh, before the end of this window well maybe if, if we get a chance we'll talk about why we're sending players to Gordon Stratton's Dundee uh, towards towards the, towards the end of the programme uh, Red Scotland uh, contributor all the time Greg gives his all that'll go a long way I like that I, 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 I think he does he's a wholehearted player and I've said it plenty of times here that he get, I think he gets a bad rap because he was signed after Kieran Tierney left and he's not Kieran Tierney. And there's no many full-backs and left-backs in Britain are Kieran Tierney. Uh, and I think we... I, I remember that every time I see it anyway. Maravchik, 25. Greg just lacks the physicality for the top level. I'm going to come to Paul Cockwell, who is a resident Hibs fan, uh, who comes in all the time. He says, hey, panel, just want to say sorry for the small amount of Hibs fans that sung disgusting songs about the Lisbon Lions, a disgrace, and was only a small amount of fans. Thanks, Paul. There was no need for you to apologise. Uh, every support has got an element of idiots in it and I'm sure they had to, I watched when the song was getting sung I saw the majority of Hibs fans reaction round about it and the, the 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 young team that were singing it did get a bit of abuse by the by the Hibs fans round about them but thank, thanks for that thanks for uh, coming in uh, and saying that uh, let's let's have a wee look at this Rob McCune as great as Monday was if Kyogo is out injured for the next few, few weeks and Maeda, Hatati and Rogic due to be called up, how do we feel about going to Tynecastle without them? Colin, I'll come to you first about come to you first about that. How do you feel? Tynecastle's a banana skin anyway. Hearts are going to be up for it after what they see they were unjustly robbed of at least a point the last time they played at Celtic Park. It's a tough game. But what do you think? What do you think if they, those players get called up? Have we got? Yeah. Have we got? Have we got the the, the squad now to handle it? Uh, right. Just just for clarification, these players are available for Tynecastle, and a hundred percent these players play at Tynecastle. It's not until after that that I think that we have to kind of potentially have them go away on international duty. Um, so they, they play. 100% they play. We cannot afford to drop any more points. We play our best team every week from now until the end of the season, um, regardless of who it is that we play, especially in the league. Scottish Cup maybe against Aloha at the weekend, you'll see some changes, but no. Tynecastle, we go into that game with the best squad that we can have. Then you're talking about the, the derby coming up. <sighs> Look, this is difficult. I don't think Hitati will be called up. I don't think Maeda will be called up. But I, I do see Rogic going, and then it comes back to well, who have you got in that those positions to do that? There, we've saw that Hitati is seen as a like a utility player. Remember when he gets slagged for being a utility player because he was never good enough to play in one position. Never listened to Clyde's at our scoreboard. <laughs> I, I could see Hitati moving up one and going a wee bit further forward and playing in that ten role because. The way that he was playing those passes, he could split a defence. I mean, he was what he was doing that was so impressive on Monday was 
he was missing players out. He was going, if he was in the middle of the park, instead of going from one pass to the right and then out to the wing, it was going straight out to the wing and it was breaking at pace. That was the most amount of pace I saw from a counter-attack in a long, long time. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him playing a wee bit further forward. He got the shot off that Matt Macy made a good save, otherwise it was going in for 3-0 just before half-time. Um... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. So there is, um, I think there's more to be seen from Hitati. He looked comfortable in the middle of the park. Could he make that one further step forward? I, I do think he did. He can. And then we're speaking about the guys that's in behind him. Idiguchi definitely won't get picked for Japan. He's never been picked for Japan. Um, you've got McGregor. We've got the guys that we spoke about before as well. I think the more depth that we add into that squad the better so if we did have to lose say for example Rogic for that game I think we would be able to be covered the more that you lose the more you're kind of a bit sceptical but you can see why Ange's prioritised the midfield in this January transfer market Brian I, I, I always thought when we were signing these guys I always thought Furuhashi was going to be the one that was definitely going to get called up when you look back at the squads uh, some of Atati has only really played Olympic mm-hmm. uh, Olympic for, Jap- for Japan um, Maeda has been in and around the squad but didn't really get games uh, and as you say Gucci has never been anywhere near the, the, the Japanese squad the only one we are definitely going to lose is Rogic Furahashi as was confirmed on Monday night is injured he will be injured for the three games that he might have missed on international duty and uh, anyway I think that was quite clear by Ange Postacoglu's um, comments on Monday night David Kelly Brian Suter and Halkett are both slower than me. I want mobility and pace in the front three and we'll rip them apart. Front three, Maeda, Abada and Yota at Tyne Castle next Wednesday night. What are you thinking? You happy with that? Uh, I would, I'd have Forrest and I had Abada, if I was honest, just right. because although he's, he's, he's slightly dropped a bit, he's not as pacey as Abada, I just think he offers you a bit more. And I think... When you're up against Hearts at Tynecastle, you need players that are not going to shrink and, and buckle under the pressure. Not necessarily in a bad mood, but I know Forrest won't. Um, but yeah, but any any, any combination of that front three, Mieda, um, Jota, Forrest, Mieda, Jota, Abada, is, is excellent. And as David says, I think we'll tell him to shreds. Mieda just looks insanely fast. I mean, the way he was closing down the, the keeper for Hibs, it's just you, you can you know he's going to cause some amount of problems just with work rate and endeavour, um, and and yeah, I think just come back to the point about uh, Colin and stuff that if players do go away, I think yeah we we'll lose Roger and I, I've got a break tradition. And agree with Colin today because 
I think I know Sano big man, it's what a day. Um cast <laughs> dogs in the air, cast those are fouls, but I think must be a full moon. But um, I think I think yeah, I think he plays a ten quite comfortably and I think that'll adjust bit of scale and just to just to say as well, I was wrong about Starfield, good looks of it. He teed a great game and I was convinced that Hattie was coming in at left back. So I've been slapped in the face with that one as well. Um, but again, glad to be wrong as long as they're, they're playing well. We're always glad to get proven wrong, and that's something. Eh? I, would, I would rather be happy than right, and that's always going to be my mantra. Strange love the doctor, Colin. I feel like we needed to add to the tactical side of being comfortable without, without the ball. Monday was brilliant as far as I was concerned. To do that to Sevco and Hearts, and we will smash them. Hibbs came to Celtic Park and had the majority of the ball, but as I says before, we, uh, before at the start of this section, they never had a shot on goal. I think we saw in this December the game management side of Ange Postecoglou coming in, and that mm-hmm. was something people shouted that he didn't have at the start of the season when we were actually being like a runaway train. Um, it's something that we're going to need in games because I guarantee Hearts will have the ball at Tynecastle, and we've got to have a decent shape. Yeah, you look at the stats even from Monday night. Hearts had the sorry, Hips had the most amount of possession, need the most amount of passes. But what Celtic managed to do really well was they had that high press so that you let Hips have the ball sort of in their own third of the half uh, of the park. And then as soon as it got into the middle of the park, Celtic were on top of them, closing them down, they had to go back the way. Very, very few times did that ball get played over to the likes of Boyle uh, or Nisbet or um, Doidge when he came on as well to get in behind. It, it just didn't happen because Celtic kept them pinned back in. If you look at the passes, the most amount of passes came from their centre-backs out to the left-backs, back to the goalkeeper because we kept them in there. So it is all about that sort of style that Ange Postecoglou has been speaking about, the whole... Um, we don't stop, we keep going, we keep going. And we saw that on Monday night. Okay, the second half was sort of a bit of a drab affair, but I think the substitutions do that because the substitutions take a lot of time to sort of bed into the game. And I mean, there was times I thought Mikey Johnson had a couple of chances when he came on, he maybe played the wrong ball. But we're going to see that because the game started at such a high pace that to come off the bench and try and get back up to that pace is very, very difficult. I mean, you, you take a look at it, Hibs hit the, the post after, what, two minutes? And two minutes later, the ball's in the back of the net. That's a great response and a great kind of boost for the, the, the team. And every time that ball went forward, it was at frightening speed. So it'll be difficult for subs to sort of make up for it. Looking ahead to Hearts, that's the exact same style we need to play through at Tynecastle because it's a very difficult place to go. But as the, the person was saying earlier, their back is not the quickest, their midfield's not the quickest. So if we can get in behind them, and that's where I think Maeda will come more into this game. You didn't see it as much on Monday night because he didn't get too involved. The most that he maybe saw it was when he was closing down the goalkeeper. When he closed down Macy, he nearly won it about three or four times, but you never saw him getting played in behind. You never saw that ball kind of going through so that he could latch onto it. It never happened. I think you'll see more of it at Tynecastle. And by all accounts, it still sounds as if Panto season's going on at Tynecastle at the minute because every time John Suter's on the ball, they don't know whether to cheer or boo him. 
<laughs> well, we'll speak about we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the game at Tynecastle next Wednesday because it's next Wednesday. So we get the preview show, lads. We yes. get the preview show next Wednesday. So that's always good. Um, Facebook user comes in. I think uh, he's talking about Hatati here. Eh? I think better keeping him where he is makes killer passes. You move him forward, forward and who finds the passes for him. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss that again next week. Stephen Creamer does actually say that Ida Ju- Idaguchi had been picked for the past in Japan, but has fallen out of favour. And mm-hmm. we've got breaking, breaking news by Facebook user Matt O'Reilly, MK Dawn central midfielder, is travelling to Scotland ahead of a medical later on today. Celtic have agreed a fee of £1.5 million for the 21-year-old and looks set to have beat certain several clubs to his signature. Well, that one moved extremely quickly for <laughs> being, being released at 20 past 11, uh, just about an hour ago, an hour and a half ago. Mm. I'm going to, uh, before we move on to Alawa, uh, same old Alawa, always cheating, uh, we've got Josip Juranovic. He says in a wee interview last week that we need to beat every side to win the league and possibly go undefeated. Brian, do you believe him? Do you think that's going to be the case? Or do you think that we really need to go undefeated for now at the end of the season to win the league title? Well, I think we should always be able to you know, beat every team and go undefeated. I, I don't think we should ever, there should ever be a compromise in that. I think that's what the aim should be at all times. So in that regard, he's spot on. Do I think we'll go undefeated? Listen, I've said it for the start of the season and all my expectation levels have been risen based on what I saw from Ange and the team. There's still a mistake there. We're no, Ange keeps saying it, we're not quite the finished article. We're still far away from it. I think we could go undefeated. I think we could beat every team. But I don't know if I, put, I think we'll still drop points. We might, you know... Will we get beat again? It's, it's hard to say. You can never really judge, but I think I think Jura's right. I think that should be the attitude, and I think that seems to be the the target. And um, it, it's interesting actually that because remember at the start, in post call we said several times that he doesn't really set targets of we must win this game. He sets targets of this is the way we need to play, and if we play that way, by extension we'll win. So it's interesting to hear Jura talking like that, but I think it's the right attitude. Um, he's a player I really like. Juranovic um, I know he's been a wee bit some people have been overly impressed but I, I think he's a real real quality player I think his attitude's spot on he looks like a good character as well um, and just if the, the, the Matt O'Reilly thing's true the reason I'm so I'm, I'm excited when Ange signs someone is kind of the way he addressed the McGee situation when he's talking about I only want players here who want to be here that I don't need to convince that no they're coming here it's a great institution and they're going to make a difference. So that's the mentality he's got. You can assume whenever a player does come in, they've got that. And that's half the battle. So so if that's um, accurate and the boy is on his way, can't wait to meet him. Colin, AJSC Technologies. How good is Juranovic at penalties? Who was our last stick-on pen- penalty taker? He says Gary Hooper. Even the mighty Henrik Larson, who I've wrote a book about, which is available on axom.net. Get the plug-in. Um, <laughs> Even Hermit Larson missed, uh, missed a few penalties. Gary Hooper was good at penalties. Juranovic, so he's got every different kind of penalty in his locker, and we've seen them all. 
uh, over the over the, the number of penalty kicks that he's actually actually taken. I love him. I, actually, I think he's been uh, he's one of my favourite signings over the last couple of years. I think he's got that sort of. <coughs> Mikel Lustig cult feeling about him and mm. I love the way that he runs he's got that wee scuttle and run and he's rapid absolutely rapid he's like his wee legs just keep on going and that is I love him I completely love him as a football player what do you think me personally I've said right at the start of the season that this could be the lowest points total to win a league for a, for a number of years and that's to do with like where both teams seem to be going by the first 21 games we're in absolute transition Rangers are probably just going into that transitional phase now under uh, Van Bronckhurst so I think it'll be I think it'll be a low points total but we've drew quite a lot of games we haven't lost a lot of games apart from the ones in the first first couple of months uh, the first couple of weeks of the season we Mm -hmm. draw a lot of games so I think we could go the season undefeated whether we win all the games is another another question yeah I mean it's it's one of those things I think as a squad you've got to have that mentality that you want to go into every game especially being a Celtic player and expecting in Scotland that you will get the win because that's, that's the way you're sort of brought up that's the way I mean, it's it's seen as a positive and a negative. It's seen as a negative as like, oh, you're a Celtic fan, you just expect to win everything. But yeah, I do. <laughs> I mean, that that's surely a positive thing. You want to go and see your team doing as well as possible. You want to go and see them win everything. Otherwise, what's the point? Um, Juranovic, I mean, he's not the first player to come out and try and have said, we're going to need to go undefeated to try and win a season or to win a cup. Remember when we went back to, uh, we get knocked out off of Basel when it started the the Europa the UEFA Cup run we says oh we'll just go to the final and try and win it then and well we gave it a good enough go but as long as he keeps putting the performances in then it's good I think we were always kind of looking to see who would eventually get that full position at the right back area because we were never sure with the performances that Anthony Ralston was putting in it was very hard to drop him but then I think when Juranovic comes in, you see someone who's got that international experience who um, is probably overall a better player than um, Anthony Ralston and he offers a bit more to the team. It's good that we've got Ralston in as a squad player and how far he's progressed this season. That's a, that's a great achievement from him. Um, in terms of penalty takers, I, I mean, Gary Hooper was, he was one of those ones that just always seem to score with a penalty. And you, you're mentioning about Henrik Larson. I'll go back to a story that Alan Thompson told on, on Friday night about a game a way back, I think it was 2001, we drew one each at Livingston. And uh, Henrik Larson missed a penalty. Otherwise, we'd have picked the three points up. So they're in the changing room and everybody's getting it stinking from Martin O'Neill about how, what they've done and what they could have done and what they could have done better. And he turns to Henrik Larson and he just says, Unlucky Henrik, it was a good save from the goalkeeper. Everybody got it stinking <laughs> apart from Henrik. So, uh, I mean, there's obviously favourites, but you can never have a go at the, the legend that was Henrik Larson. You can't. And Martin O'Neill was spot on there. Henrik Larson <laughs> got Martin O'Neill out of so many holes. I'm sure Martin, man management off of, off the finest order there by Martin O'Neill. He just went up in my estimation even more. <laughs> um, so, Paul... 
polymorphous comes in hard enough to play well in every game but even if we do do you think there won't be a game we get shafted by a dodgy red car or a penalty we'll at least draw a couple but Josip Juranovic has the right attitude I think he has I think he's been fantastic since he's came in Facebook user Juranovic has been a great signing and a steal at two and a half million um, you've got to remember as well Juranovic played alongside the holy goalie and you saw the sort of send-off that the Holy Goalie gave him. He he knew what he was coming to at Celtic. He was well-educated on what to expect. And he's, he's almost trying to live. Say again? I'm sure in that interview you said his best pal was a Celtic fan. So he uh-huh. knew. I, so I don't know if that was the Holy Goalie or, or somebody else, but I'm sure he said he, he knew about the club because his pal was a, a Celtic fan. It's so interesting... It's, it's an interesting point now because obviously the holy goalie gave him a, a, a fantastic send off when he was at Le- Legia Warsaw. He's picked the number eighty eight, and Gary Hooper was eighty eight as well. Then we've got a penalty kick connection, and was it uh, was it the holy goalie telling me to take the number eighty eight because who knows? There's so there's so many there's there's so many connections there. Uh, I'll go through a couple of the comments that have come in just for what we spoke about. Uh, Previously, AJCS technology, the Turnbull point is absurd. I've noticed a few other channels trying to sell off Turn- Turnbull. I don't think we were trying what to sell off. What, what point is absurd? Yeah. Is it the point we've made that he's an excellent footballer? And why are the best in Scotland absurd? Or the fact that he's absurd? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Um, you know, he, he, he a lane there. There's, there's several points and none of them are negative and none of them are uh, negative. To, to be fair to you, uh, SC Technologies, I think what he's picking up on is there has been certain um, things out there on social media that suggested that when players came in that Turnbull's future at Celtic was in doubt, but I don't think it came from here. I just think he's, from, he's saying no. o- I think he's just saying overall that, that there is a bit of a, um, a kind uh, of agenda out there. Aye, that's what I was going to say. We didn't want to sell me, Hanky, actually does contribute to the side, eh? but there does seem to be, even for, as Colin says, that even for the start of the season, there has seemed to be Turnbull doesn't fit, and it was always seemed to be the one. I don't know what it, I don't know what it is. Even even if you look at the even if you look in the comments, <laughs> Turnbull seems to split 50-50. Like this one here, CSE nineteen sixty seven. is everything Turnbull isn't fit, enthusiastic, dynamic. Turnbull was a squad player at best. Always said that. David Kelly, Axon love Turnbull. Well, us three day. Uh, the stats <laughs> back up that he hasn't performed well against top six sides or or even well away from home. Away from home, he was the best player on the pitch in Budapest for me. I'm not saying he's awful, but he hasn't shown that he can be a top player for us. I think a young lad coming back for injury as well. I think we've got to factor that in. And he's maybe only played 60, 70 games for Celtic. Uh, so I think Turnbull has got a has got a future with us. Alawa Scottish Cup half past five recreation park on the worst astroturf pitch I've ever seen in my life. Worst astroturf pitch I've ever actually played on. What changes do you reckon that you'll see in the team, Colin? 
Uh, I think you'll see um, the the goalkeeper with a brand new contract getting thrown in. Um, I think we'll probably rest Joe Hart for this one. Um, guys like Ralston, Welsh, could see them coming in. Um, it's very difficult to work out what our midfield's going to be because I would love to see the likes of Idiguchi and Hitati getting some minutes. But as you say, that pack is dreadful. It is absolutely dreadful. Also, their manager is Barry Ferguson. You know exactly what he's going to turn around and say to them before the game. I do not want to come away from this game with six or seven injuries. Just it's, it's trying to find the right balance of getting the players that you know are going to be able to survive a 90 minutes there um, and come away with a decent performance. I don't care if it's 2 or 3 nil, Even if it's 1 nil. just get through it the next round. Get away from that shambles of a stadium. Robert Highland comes in. Brian, what now for McCarthy? Does he does he even feature against Alawa? I'm going to say yes, he does. I'm going to say yes, he does feature against Alawa because I think it will be a game that sort of suits him on that park. It's a slow pitch. It is a really really slow pitch, and it, we're going to, we're going to need somebody to go through a pack, a pack defence. So I can see McCarthy getting a run out, Brian. Yeah, I think th- I would expect there'll be a lot of changes. Um, it's one of those games that you don't want to underestimate Alo, but you have to be honest and say if you're going to rest players or make changes, this is the game to do it. The concern is um, is Collinshead, his, his injuries. So you probably, you know, probably don't want to risk your real key players. I suspect you still play McGregor in the midfield. So you might see maybe like McCarthy and McGregor beat on something like that. Um, I would probably rest them, but I think you might. I think you keep the sort of maybe the sort of, some of the core players in. Um, probably Yamakis you see up front with, with Johnston and Abada, and then you get Forrest Jota, uh, Mieda, Hitati off the bench. Maybe um, it's hard to say what you do because it, it, is, it, does if, it does look as if he wants to rotate. But I think that the pitch might dictate, as you have said, what he puts out because. You can't. Now that we've seen, we've got a, a, a pretty, you know, good squad there for the first time in a while. You definitely don't want injuries. It's just something we can't afford. And you know, we should be able to put out maybe our second string, but we should be able to take a fairly rotated squad and still comfortably win. Um, a lot won't be easy. I think this has got a feeling of. Um, do you remember when we played the likes of Berwick Rangers and Stranra a couple of seasons ago? Um, and even the the fantastic, I mean, best goal of the season contender from the likes of Carlton Cole up at Inverness, stuff like that. This is the, the sort of feeling that these games give. Um, even the East Kilbride game. East, I, I was just about to mention the East Kilbride game. The East Kilbride game, yeah. it was 2 0, I think, and uh, Colin Kazian Richards got one of the goals. By the way, what a season and what a career transformation that guy's had at Derby. He's, he's banging them in down there. Um, I, I I think there's going to be a lot of set pieces. I can see a lot of fouls. I can see a lot of corners. And probably having someone like Yakamakis... Sorry, I'm going to say this right because somebody had a go at me last week. Yakamakis up front. I could see him getting on the end of a couple of headers. We might see a goal coming from one of the centre-halves. I think there's going to be a lot of stop-start and crosses, set pieces, stuff like that. So playing the big man up front is probably the best shout. I, 
what Postacoglu says on Monday night, that there is definitely going to be changes. I, I think in the team, he says that he needs to get minutes into the legs of players. AJSC comes back in. The fellow, the fellow commenter point was absurd, not the panel. No, that's that's mm. that's clear. That apologies, oh, <laughs> uh, Ryan McGinley, uh, Ryan, who is a, another Celtic fan podcaster. As bad as this sounds, I want McCarthy to play in order to protect our <laughs> players. <laughs> There's a skewed logic in that. Uh, I, 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 Sacrifice. I didn't get that joke there, so I'll ah, just that was a h- Hunger Games reference. There you go. Is that right? No clue what the Hunger Games ah. is. Um, so I, it's a weird logic. I want McCarthy to play to get minutes. Helen McCallum comes in to remind me. It's now called the Indo the Indo Drill Stadium. Um, I called it Recreation Park and I always call it Recreation Park and Danielle F comes in I'd be scared to risk Yota on that pitch what's your thoughts about that? Yota looked decent when he made his wee cameo role on Monday night he looked yeah, fat enough that. in a way and, but I, I, I do get that point completely I'm probably completely, mm-hmm. on, I'm probably completely on board with that point yeah absolutely it's just He's too too valuable a player for us, Jota. I think he's um, he's so important to us moving forward that you can't take a risk on one of those pitches. It's just it's not worth it. I'm going to bring Tim on in here. This is one for the Celtic Daz. Matt Reid on penalties. Uh, there'll be a few Celtic Daz chuckling at that reference. Um, and where, where did that one go? Where did, where did that... Uh, no, I've lost that comment. I have lost it. Oh, there it's there. Seamus Duffy, I'd play a complete second string team, fringe and B team players. I think it's going to be a hybrid. I think it's going to be a mixture. I don't think we can go all out because we want Hamden Arson. We want, we're mm. the only team in Scotland that can do the treble. So we may as well keep that going by playing a, 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 not a full strength side, but a, a, a team that should be good enough of taking taking care of Alawa at the Indodal Stadium. Well, for the last wee four minutes, we'll, we'll talk about some of the rumours. Uh, Scott Bain signed a new contract to 2024, and Connor Hazard has moved to Helsinki on loan. What, so, what, what's the future for those two goalkeepers and what do you think the reasoning is behind Scott Bain getting the new contract, Brian? I think it's maybe just continuity. He's obviously a player that Andrew's seen every day in training and, and thinks he wants to reward them. I would get the, I still think Bain's going to be third choice. Maybe He's maybe second choice just now, but I think he'll be that guy who's just kind of at the club, who's a steady hand if you need him, but will probably be quite content to be third choice he's never going to replace Joe Hart and I still think we need a, a strong second choice whether that's any of our myriad of uh, goalkeepers we've got with Tom Doohan which seems to be doing really well at Tranmere is he going to come back with second choice is it going to be um, Toby is it Oluwemi Oluwemi yeah I'm about to say the guy's name wrong disrespectful but I think he's he's highly rated I'd like to see more of him so as I expect one of those two to come in as second choice um, Hazard's probably off if we're honest Barkas hopefully is going to be off um, he for, as much for his benefit as anybody else he's had I've kind of mocked him a wee bit on here but he, 
you wish the boy well moving forward. It shouldn't have worked it from here. And I think he, I think there's still value on him to go. I think him and Hazard are off. Um, and again, I think then between Duhan and um, Oberwemi, whether they're your second choice or not. What will then be interesting is whatever one isn't second choice, do then they go? Because Duhan's not going to come back after, but he's played nearly a, he's played something like nearly 100 games or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's 100 games on loan at Ern and Dundee and Tranmere. He's, he's dead, he's been out and about. He's not coming back to sit be fourth choice, surely. Um, and again, the, the boy um, Toby, he's un, under 19s cap, isn't he, for England? So yeah. he's not going to sit be fourth choice. So I think, it, in my opinion, it'll be between them for second, with Scott Bain as a sort of reliable third. But I, I actually had the chance to speak to someone who was in school and is still pals with Scott Bain. Um, the other day, one of our contributors in the, the State of Scottish Football show, um, and he was saying that Bain's loving his life at Celtic, he's enjoying it. I mean, I mean, to be fair to him, who wouldn't? When you take a look at it, he was sort of dropped by Dundee, dropped by Hibs, came in, was given the number one jersey at Celtic for a bit of time as well, so uh, he's kind of fell into that position mm-hmm. of our number two uh, goalkeeper, and he's going to get the odd game here and there, he'll probably end up being our, our cup goalkeeper or something going forward. I think he knows he's never going to be one that's going to push to get in towards the Scotland squad and he's, he's never going to be one that's going to be the number one goalkeeper at Celtic so whilst he's on the wages whilst he's living sort of almost the dream why not just stay there he's got another two years on his deal um, what it does say is who then becomes the third choice goalkeeper and I think in terms of that Ross Duhan's now 22-23 I think he'll probably move on in the summer. I wouldn't be surprised if his move to Tranmere becomes a permanent thing. I know Air tried to sign him a couple of years ago when they were pushing for promotion. Um, and I think the, the figure that Celtic quoted was around 150 to 200 grand, which is sort of out with their price uh, bracket. I'm sure that'll have went up. Connor Hazard, he's actually on loan for a full year at Helsinki because of the way they're the um, transfer window works so we'll not see him this season we'll probably not see him at the start of next season he'll probably believe that leaves Ryan Mullen who is 19-20 years old who is between him and Toby Olawayemi as the B team goalkeeper and I think a lot of it will depend on what the situation of the B team is for next season whether you see the B team continuing in the lowland leagues or maybe even further up if that's the case, they'll probably keep Mullen and all the Wyemi because you'll need the two goalkeepers there and they'll rotate the third choice goalkeeper um, for Celtic. If not, I could see all the Wyemi just becoming number three. And that's a, as you said, he's an under 19 cap for um, England. He's, he's, him and his brother are very highly rated when they came through at Spurs. I think overall, Celtic see him as one of the future goalkeepers at Celtic Park. So get him in around the first-team squad and see where it goes from there. He's had some experience before. Ryan McGinley again comes in. Bain's new contract has a massive vote of confidence for Toby Oluwami. Um Brown Warrior, Scott Bain hasn't had any wonders. I don't get the hate that Bain gets. It seems that way that Celtic see him as a decent option as a backup goalkeeper for, for this moment in time. Now we'll just we'll, we'll just wrap up for today. Thanks to everybody. Uh, let's have a wee look here. Lazarus, Andy Lynch took a good penalty as well. Uh, Jim Conlon, Big Tam Gemmell, top penalty kick taker. He was that. Uh, that was a rocket air shot that Big Tam had. 
Xander Bloy comes in, I like this. I'd be scared to rush Yota and Alawa full stop. This is a couple of weeks in a row that Alawa's had it tight on, the, on, this, <laughs> on this Wednesday afternoon bulletin. But hey, hold that. That's what actually happens. And Chevy, sorry, Kevin, you were just about to say about Andy Lynch. Do you remember the penalty story at Tynecastle? I could write back sort of Martin O'Neill's first or second season between Simon, Simon Lynch, Lynch and, and, and Sean Maloney. Maloney. Yeah, the two of them fighting over the penalty at 4 2. Both of them on a hat trick, and Maloney is given it by O'Neill and misses it. Misses or one it, of them. Aye. Aye. I think it was, was it no Lynch that missed it? Or one of them missed it. Was it Lynch? Sorry, Lynch was given it and missed it. Aye. What could have been? What could have been, Ed? Good luck to Simon who uh, and Andy, who's good friends of producer Paul, who's sitting in the background there. Now, before I go, before we actually leave, Seamus Duffy reminds us we're actually on for a quadruple. I says that we were on for a treble earlier. We're actually on for a quadruple because we are still in Europe. So, lads, big thank you to all of you who have watched and commented live and to those who are listening to us in sound wave form while we are walking the dog, walking the wains, or even just doing the dishes. We love every single one of you. Aye, even you sitting at the back there, we even love you as well. Eh? Subscribe to our State of Mind on YouTube for all your entertainment needs. We have more parties in Downing Street. We have more shows than and we have more shows than what Boris, Boris Johnson has wins. And also <laughs> check out axon.net for some cracking tracky tops and for the best selling poetry book in the world about Henrik Larson. <laughs> That's a fact. It is the best-selling poetry book in the world about Henrik Larson. Remember, lads, be kind to each other and always keep it Celtic. Hail, hail. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.